I'd like to introduce you to a guy named John. Solo won the interview, one with the force like his main man Han. And his last name's Kim. He drove out to Vegas once on a whim. Living on beef and milk that was skim. Put his name next to win. John Kim's a synonym. I kind of felt like an outcast until I got to the comedy community. And I was like, oh, okay, like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Welcome to the Friend with Benefits Podcast, episode 21 with John Kim. Welcome to the Friend with Benefits Podcast, helping bachelors adjust to life in the real world. Now your host, Stephen Friend. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Stephen, and I'm glad to bring back the Friend with Benefits Podcast to you guys today. This is episode 21, and uh, you know, it, it's been a while. I know um, I've been working on a physician assistant applicant, uh, physician assistant school application. I've been working on some uh, master's degree level classes, and so I've just been kind of busy outside of work. And um, it was bothering me recently that I hadn't done an episode of the podcast in a while, and part of that was laziness. But also, it was a sort of paralysis because I knew I wouldn't be able to put put these up with the frequency that you should. Because most good podcasts post at least once a week, and I just couldn't keep up. Uh, so I decided to start again and set the bar to something a little bit more achievable. Uh, so for the foreseeable future, I'll plan on just posting once a month. And, you know, what I like about doing these podcasts is that even if they're not the best out there, you know, they still give me the feeling that I'm contributing something to help people on a greater scale. And with that, I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving with your families and friends. And so for this return episode, I chose to interview someone I met while I was in New York City last month. And if you guys didn't know this, Airbnb, in addition to helping you find accommodations, they now have a page for what they call experiences, where you can view all of these activities that are put on by locals. And so while I was there, I did a bunch of them, a couple of biking tours through Manhattan and Brooklyn, a night out for drinks with other visitors in the city, a burger tour where I got to try some new cuisine, AKA hamburgers, (laughs) a tour of several speakeasy locations, and finally a comedy tour where I met my next guest and his friend, Rishi, who are both stand-up comedians uh, in the Greenwich Village area there. So I highly recommend uh, trying some of these out if you ever find yourself in a new city. And with that, I would like to go ahead and introduce John. John Kim, who was born in Maryland, raised in New Jersey, and eventually made his way to New York City. The Korean-American stand-up comedian John Kim uses his experience and observations to give audience members a new perspective on everyday life. John regularly performs at the world-famous Comic Strip Live in New York, and he has accepted and performed at various comedy festivals across the nation and continues to gain traction as one of the rising stars in New York City for stand-up comedy. So without further ado, John, I'm glad to have you on the show. 
Oh, it's good to be here, Stephen. That is that's quite the intro. <laughs> really awesome. good at that. So what's something in that intro or bio that I left out that you would like the audience to know about yourself? Oh, man. Uh, you, you basically encapsulated all of my uh, noteworthy credits, I guess, <laughs> which isn't much. It's a short list. But uh, uh, yeah, basically uh, born in Maryland, came to New Jersey when I was five years old, and I've been here pretty much ever since. So definitely a Jersey guy, but... You know, if you wanna if you wanna take stand up comedy seriously, you gotta go to New York. So, and how long so have you been doing this? That. So I started. It's been about four years now, and I I guess the first year I kind of stayed in New Jersey doing open mics there, and uh, which I'm glad I did. And then I went to New York, uh, probably a year in. That's basically when I started getting past. I, I think I got past that the comic strip around like a year, year and a half in. So okay, a year into going being in New York City. Right, so. that's cool. And actually, this is a this is sort of off topic, but I remembered something I looked out of the bio that I saw somewhere that you do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I used to train a few years ago, and then when I was getting more and more into uh, stand up comedy, well, first of all, I got it. I got an injury. So that put me off the mats for a while, but I was also getting the stand-up comedy at the at the same time, okay. and it just got to the point where I tried to go back to training when I felt better, but uh, I wasn't progressing in jujitsu like I wanted to. I didn't. I wasn't going as often as I wanted to, and then I wasn't going to doing sets as often as I wanted to. So I was just kind of compromising both, and I had to. I had to choose. Right. And uh, I'm not gonna. I am not gonna be a brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu athlete like <laughs> or anything like that i'm not opening up a school so uh you know took the stand-up route and and that can uh wait for later in life when i have more free time but yeah yep that's awesome how did you become interested in comedy and why did you choose to pursue it yeah you know i get that question a lot and i think it, it literally is just because i hated my job so much and I was, I was, you know, fresh out of college and I didn't know what I want to do with my life. By the way, if there's any, if you have a young audience, just <laughs> figure out what you want to do because <laughs> time is going to pass and then you're going to realize like, oh shit, I didn't try it anything. Like I didn't, you know, I was just f***ing around for way too long. Mm -hmm. So I had to really, you know, I tried a lot of things. Like I tried a lot of different things uh, before I landed on stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is something I, I, I always enjoyed i never thought about actually doing it but i actually went to a, a a comedy club in new york city a friend took me to first time seeing a live performance and to be honest the comics they a lot of them bombed like a lot of them did not do well <laughs> and it was my first time seeing live comedy so i'm like oh like comedians actually do bad you know like they're not they're not all chris rock louis ck like yeah. every beat is perfect there's a lot of imperfections in stand-up comedy, and like they were really bad though. They were like so bad to the point where I was like, I feel like I could do better. Like, right? <laughs> and uh, I I decided to put you know my money where my mouth was and and uh, actually try it out. That's awesome. So you've been in it for a while now. What do you find the most fulfilling about your work right now? I'm assuming you're talking about stand-up because my other work is <laughs> <laughs> I do, I still have a regular day job. Oh, okay, and, okay. Uh, I did not know that. 
Yeah, I do have a regular day job, and um, yeah, pe- like I guess a lot of people don't recognize, uh, you know, the the stand up route. It takes it takes a very long time. I would say like probably let's say like maybe ten percent of the comedians or twenty percent make it. There's right. just a very very few of us will ever not have to work a day job and only do stand up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that you would have to get to a very notable level to to be able to sustain yourself on just stand up. So a lot of people supplement it with either day jobs or other creative jobs like voice acting or acting in general, you know, commercials and things like that. Yeah. That's how comedians usually get started off with. So like, you know, uh, we met doing the Airbnb thing. That's just like another thing where it's a supplement, you know, I'll eventually add on other things so I can finally get rid of my day job full time right. and then uh, I can focus on comedy. But I guess the most f- fulfilling thing about comedy is is really just the killing is great, but also the community, I would say. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think growing up, uh, especially grew up Korean American, but I think growing up, there was one other Korean person in my school. <laughs> Everyone else was like white and, uh, you know, other races, Hispanic and stuff like that. So I grew up like in a very, I didn't really know where I belonged. And then when I got in high school, I started hanging out with a bunch of Asian people. And I realized I didn't really want to hang out with them either. So I kind of felt like an outcast until I got to the comedy community. And I was like, oh, okay, like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is like bullshitting with comedians before shows, like going out to drink with them after. That's definitely where I belong. So I think that's the best part for sure. Okay. Yes, you found your niche in a way. Yeah, yeah, definitely found my niche for sure. Cool. And you touched on something with the, you you said only 10% or 20% of us will ever get out of our day jobs, essentially. And I, just for people who want to actually break into this field, um, it sounds like what you're trying to say is that you have to be, if you get into this field, you have to realize that you may, may or may not make it. You have to be doing it for the love of the game in a sense. Yeah, yes, that's that's definitely 100% true. I think, listen, there are definitely people that you probably didn't think they were going to make it, and they made it. It, it might take a, a long, long, long time, but I do I do believe... Uh, have you ever read the book Outliers before? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, I've read that, a, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's where, like, the 10,000-hour works comes from and stuff like that. But basically, in that book, they were just saying not only the 10,000 hours of working... But like the the biggest and brightest stars that we have, or not just stars, most influential people that we have today, a lot of them are outliers in a sense that, you know, they're born at the right place at the right time and uh, ha- had an opportunity and they had the talent all yeah. combining to one, right? Mm-hmm. So someone who lives in a town where there's no comedy, you know, it's going to be much harder. Like if you live, I would have no idea if I would have started comedy, if I didn't live in New Jersey, you know, right. because I'm so close to New York city. If I lived in any other state besides California or, uh, New York or New Jersey, I don't know if I would have even attempted it because it's like, Oh, I'm not even by those major cities that I need to be in. Right. Like if I lived in Idaho, Iowa, Wyoming, like, how am I? How am I going to survive as a stand-up comedian? You know, so yeah. uh, I mean, there are people from Idaho who, who come to New York and make it work. It's happened, you know. So <laughs> you can't count discount those people. But 
I think it's a lot of factors for sure. But if you want to break into this, I would say, especially in entertainment business, you have to either move to L.A. or New York and then figure it out from there. Because, <laughs> I mean, th- those are the only places where you're really going to see- be seen. Uh, Chicago has a great scene. I know Texas has a great scene. But, like, eventually those guys do end up coming to L.A. or New York to really reach that next level, you know? Right. Say you're starting over, you just graduated college. What advice would you give yourself if you um, if you were leaving college now, knowing what you know now? You know, people have different perspectives of like, oh, I wouldn't change anything. Like, I'm perfect the way I am. And like, I do kind of believe that because I feel like if I started, uh, everyone says that they wish they started comedy earlier. And I do feel like that as well. But at, at the same time, I'm kind of glad that I didn't because you do have a different perspective if you're growing up as a comedian as opposed to like a regular person and i i real i see that a lot with a, a lot of young stand-up comedians because like when you're young and stupid and like all you want to do is like grab attention from people and like if you're like oh i'm gonna be a comedian like when you're like 18 and stuff like that yeah and you just have like this fuck you attitude towards society and like I don't know. I feel like a lot of them are, I don't know, like not as respectful in some senses. Uh, like sometimes I see that like you attitude too much and it's just like, you know, just calm down a little bit. You know, we're just all yeah. regular people. You know, they'll look down a lot of like, especially a lot of those uh, comedians who wanted to be comedians since they were like 18. They're like, man, I can't believe like all these, all these retards that have regular jobs. Like how could you work like in an office like that? And it's like, no, like a lot of these people, they they would never want to be comedians. Like don't don't think of yourself as you're better than them because you're doing something creative. You know, it's like a lot of these people. That's what they want to do. You know, like a lot of them do want to be doctors. Like a lot of them want to be engineers. Like and not everyone wants to be like a creative weirdo. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I am glad that I do have that perspective of just like, you know, just treat everyone normally. Don't look down on people. Like I work in a cubicle. Yeah. yeah Cause everyone's got their own little, everyone, everyone like... has their own thing. Like my wife, for example, she, she works, uh, in the corporate field and she loves working in the corporate field. She, she, she's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. It's like, yeah, that's people feel the way about their office jobs as people, you know, comedians feel about their comedy, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> So do you guys have a lot in common then or we, I, you know what? It's a, it's a good balance. I, okay, I yeah. like, you know, she has a great personality. She has a great sense of humor. She's, she's not like, she's not PC or anything. If anything, she's like, yeah, she's the one causing rumblings in the office. If something happens, you know what I mean? Like she, okay, she has yeah. a great sense of humor, so it works out for us. And, and it's also nice to not have someone in entertainment to like, not always talk about comedy, not always talk about bits. Right. Uh, like, I know comedians that date other comedians, and I'm like, that sounds like the worst thing ever. Like, that sounds... <laughs> I don't know how comedians do that. Like, I can't imagine dating someone else that has to just, like, talk about comedy all the time. Like, uh, I do that enough. Like, Yeah, it might get kind of boring, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I want to talk about other stuff. I'm not just, just this one person, you know? I, I like other things, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, this is just a different question. Um, who's your favorite rapper? My favorite rapper? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you, I want to bring I, this up. You, you mentioned this that you rapped, and then you did a little rap for us at the Airbnb and the in the comedy cellar. By the way, all the oh, listeners, yeah. he's not bad, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> Uh, my favorite rapper, do you want to, uh, as like a favorite artist or as like just rap lyrics? Mm, whoever you enjoy listening to the most. Probably it would, it would probably be Kanye. And I know, you know, obviously he's a dick, <laughs> but you know, all, I love his music though. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate that. He's such a douchebag, and I hear all these horrible stories about him. But yeah, unfortunately, he makes great music, so I That's do like it. Sometimes, but, I guess, yeah. But I think also the no- most nostalgic would definitely be Eminem for me. Oh, really? Like the old yeah. stuff? So it's coming up on the end of 2017. What's something you accomplished this year that you're proud of, and uh, what's something that's exciting you right now that you want to accomplish by this time next year? Um. So this year. I guess I'm I'm proud of actually starting this Airbnb thing. I don't know. I don't mean to keep harping on it and sounding like a plug or something, but really because there were over like 2,000 submissions to actually be part of the Airbnb program. It's not like anyone could just start yeah. giving tours and stuff like that. And only you know, only the top uh, you know 150 got approved, and then and then our tour specifically was like you know top easily top 20, probably top 10 on their list. So uh, we were actually very happy about that. Uh, you know, we worked pretty hard to, to put it together and stuff like that. And by next year, I definitely want to be passed at a few more clubs, which I'm already in line to do. I feel like, uh, I've already set up some stuff to, to get me in line for that and, uh, to, to definitely get paid more doing stand up in general, just because it's it's actually happening now because a lot of people don't realize you know you do this pretty much for free till someone decides you're good enough to start getting paid for it and I don't know when that transition started happening it started happening this past year but this is when this is the year where people are starting to like oh come on my show you know by the way there's pay with it and you're you're not used to that in the beginning in the beginning you're just like oh yeah they're you know be grateful for stage time but it's like oh you're actually like giving me money now and it's like i guess it's kind of like validation on my end or it's like oh they these people feel like um i'm good enough to you know people are asking me to headline more people are asking me to like uh you know even though even if they're small shows asking to headline a show is they're expecting you to be the best person on the show yeah so that progression is is gaining gaining more traction so i'm happy about that and hopefully by next year it'll just continue to grow like that yeah that's awesome i think you need some sort of positive feedback to keep going in a field that you're uncertain about yeah yeah because you don't really know if you're because it's such a slow process you know because if you if you think about it like a netflix special is what is about an hour right mm-hmm. like a comedy special and if you were to be really objective about it it's like you would just have to say like, okay, if I want a Netflix special, all I would have to do is write five minutes of material per month and I would have one in a year, right? Like yeah. the math works out on that. So why does it take comedians two, three, four, five, however many years to create a special, you know? It takes so long. It's such a slow process. You don't know 
how much material you actually have, how much of it is like actually good. Yeah. So, so when you're doing well enough where people are recognize like, oh, he has 20 solid minutes of material, probably more. He can headline my show and I want to pay him. That feels good for me because it's like, oh, now people are recognizing that I can do 20 minutes very comfortably and uh, they're willing to pay me for it. And and yeah, that's just validation on my end, you know? Yeah. So that's typically how long your sets are is 20 minutes right now. The 20 minutes are like they're, they're nice for me. I get them once in a while now. Uh, most of my sets are between if I'm working at a club, it's between like five to 15, you know? Oh, OK, yeah depending on like if I'm just doing a regular guest spot drop in or whatever. But when when people like set up like an event around you, they're like, oh, like at a comedy club is a little bit different because they have like all these veteran comedians and stuff like that. But if like a friend or a producer at a bar or whatever venue is like, you know, I want this guy, then then that's when I'll start getting like so that'll happen maybe like once or twice a month, you know? Cool. Where can people see hear more of you or of your material or see you live next? Yeah, that is uh that's my biggest problem right now is getting my material online because in my opinion, uh I am definitely not the best version I can be because I'm only four years in, so it's like I know that like a <laughs> few years down the road I'm gonna be like, Why the hell would I put this up on YouTube? You know, like <laughs> it's gonna sound like dog shit in the future. <laughs> But that's my biggest issue right now. It's just like getting over that barrier and just being like, it. I just need to just put it up so people can enjoy it. <laughs> um, but right now, like, I don't have much material online. But if you want to see me live, I post through my Instagram on uh, John King Comedy. And I also have an emailing list. If you email uh, John Kim Comedy at gmail.com, you can get added to the list. And uh, that's when I will send like a an email once every few months just updating like when my major uh, dates are. Awesome. I remember you telling me the uh, the one sort of routine you came up with about the grandmother thing, the 90-year-old yeah. grandmother. And I, yeah. uh, it, it was just funny seeing like when I was watching some of your YouTube videos, like that, that joke being told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's definitely better telling it in front of an audience than for one person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like telling stand oh man, like telling stand up jokes for one person is that is like painful to do, you know? Because people <laughs> ask comedians all the time, like, oh tell me a joke. It's like like give me a stage, give me some lights, like <laughs> Yeah. Like there needs to be a little setting for this, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean that joke, oh man. I don't know. That I think that joke needs to. I'm getting kind of <laughs> tired of that joke, so I need to start writing new stuff. No, it's all good. I, I it's kind of cool to see it delivered different ways, different. Uh, yeah, yeah, different yeah. Venues. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, I think you've given a you've given a plug for yourself. You said John Kim Comedy at Gmail dot com, and your Instagram yeah. handle. Yeah, all my all my social media. I made it easy. It's all John Kim Comedy. So my Twitter, Facebook, you know, Instagram. It's all there. Email. Yeah, I guess. Um. <laughs> I guess we were talking earlier about uh I don't know if you wanted to bring it up the the Louis stuff we don't oh, have just, that if you don't want to <laughs> just the fact that you had you guys had him on your tour and or you like well you, we you didn't have him on, like, on our tour yeah but it was a little eer- it was a little eerie because like you like yeah I th- was this uh this was during the pre war you were like oh I was there I was doing the bike thing before that happened and then oh yeah and then. 
Yes. So basically, this was like this was almost a month ago now, and I I went there and you know I did the <clears throat> I did a Manhattan bike tour. Turned out I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but I think part of that tour was done on the same path that the attack happened. And then when I did you guys' comedy tour, that was also before like you guys had mentioned Louis C.K. a lot in that tour, and I just thought that was kind of you know weird how all this stuff was happening and <clears throat> yeah like not too much yeah. longer after so yeah because one of our yeah one of the big selling points of the of the tour is like oh you know this is where you see you know the com- world famous comedy slayer where you saw on on louis in the intro and stuff and it's like it's like oh i don't know if we should uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know it is what it is. People already know about it. Pretty much everyone. It feels like everyone in the world knows about it, which right. is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, word travels so fast now, but yeah, hopefully, well, hopefully, New York doesn't get any get any other you know massive unfortunate unfortunate <laughs> I guess you could say, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was weird because I guess before that that Louis uh, stuff dropped, I I saw him at the cellar, like you know, trying out new material like probably a few days beforehand and then just a few days later that bomb dropped it was like whoa oh really you saw him uh you saw him like in the last he month? was uh i saw well i was at the uh you know the olive tree cafe where we hung out yeah and uh you could there's a screen in the back where you can see the performers well who was performing on stage and louie was there oh okay he was just uh so i saw him through the screen so he's basically just downstairs yeah but yeah well, i've been recommending uh, everyone if they ever go to New York, try those Airbnb things. Cause those were a lot of fun. I think I did like, I did a lot of those while I was there. <laughs> I did, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you should def. I def. I want to do them. Like <laughs> I want to do the experiences, uh, at, at different places. I'm definitely going to check it out when I travel. So I did, uh, see, I, I think you guys, this was the first one I did. I did that, the comedy tour and then the Brooklyn bike tour. And then on Tuesday I went out, like it was, I think it was called like literally meet up for drinks in Williamsburg. And basically yeah. it felt like a meetup.com event almost like you just show up and a bunch of people sh- meet up for drinks and they buy you the first round or whatever. Oh, nice. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Wednesday I did a burger tour. Thursday I did a Manhattan bike tour and I also did a speakeasy tour that night, which was a lot of fun. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff out there. And unfortunately they haven't really spread across to, you know, too many other cities yet. Like there's nothing in Ohio yet. I checked, but yeah, yeah, there's, um, there, they'll be out there. I know when we were, uh, doing the launch event, they were talking about how they want to make this in like every major city and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's only going to grow and, you know, I think everyone's down with Airbnb in general, right? Just cause they're a great service. So hopefully it grows. Cool. Well, it was great having you on the show, John. Um, I'm glad you were able to share some of the uh, aspects of being a stand-up comedian that are the most fulfilling, and then also some uh, sort of like realities that people have to face if they are going into this field. Oh yeah, and thank you so much for having me on. Uh, thanks for you know coming on the tour originally. It was <laughs> a lot of fun having you. Oh yeah, and, and you, guys, uh, you guys give out cookies, right, for your tours? Yeah, those <laughs> cookies are. Oh my god, they are. They were so uh, good. Yeah, they were like a, a good combination of like, I don't know if it was like salt in them too, but it was kind of a, a sweet, salty combination. And I've Yeah, sweet, salty, soft. They're mm-hmm. just, I love those cookies. <laughs> Great. We get paid in cookies, guys, in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Take what you can get, right? So Yeah. Hey, guys. Hope you all enjoyed the episode today with stand-up comedian John Kim.
And I hope that you all have a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends. And if you feel so compelled, please go on the iTunes page and give this podcast a five-star rating. Thanks, and we'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to the Friend with Benefits podcast. You're darn tootin'.